This podcast is brought to you by the Deluxe Edition Network. To find more great shows on our network, head over to the den.show. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs> Is going on and welcome to take on the world roof y'all truly johnny thin johnny fan not johnny thin uh, <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> the thinness anywhere around me uh lexi is not with us she <clears throat> had to work and her podcast therapy dog is at her friend's house and my podcast therapy dog only comes down when lexi's here because i don't know little ollie's probably humping something right now Probably. <laughs> uh, so, we're back. Back. The worst podcast ever. What's our, what's our, not the worst. What's our highest view rate? Like, three views? Yeah. <laughs> no, no we, I think the one was up there was pretty good. We'll get more than that. <clears throat> so we moved the studio around a little bit. Not yeah. too much. I always find it weird. I'm like, should I look at you? Or the camera. Well, or we'll just we... stare off at that fucking light over there. <laughs> the one that's burning your retinas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm lucky because there's a pole right in front of it. So yeah. I, can... I just try it to look that way because <laughs> I see white spots after I look I know, over me there. too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the rule was when we were wrestling, always know where the hard cam is. You'd always have someone with a, a, a mobile cam, but... If you do things right into the hard cam, it's sure to be seen. So, that's the hard cam. Hard cam. Yeah. We have no mobile cameras. Okay. So, um... That's just more editing. It's not that difficult. Even a caveman could do it. (laughs) So, what are you drinking there? Uh, which one? I got the New Belgium, my absolute favorite. This is what I'm going to get I just saw this at the store the other day. Like, oh, a new one. And it's New Belgium, Voodoo Ranger, Juice Force. Okay. And I kind of dig the can. I do too. Did I make it up there? No. You can have this one. Oh, thank you. Just uh, rinse it out. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it. Really, honestly, just tastes like juice. And I have the new Belgium Agent Seventy Seven IPA. Not my favorite. Where these? I know these guys are from Colorado. Was it Fort Collins? I don't know. Let's see. Fort Collins. Okay. And Asheville, North Carolina. I used to go to school in Fort Collins. Yeah, this one's not bad. It's just it's not my favorite. I did have one of those, and I really liked it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like pineapple juice. Yeah. It's really fucking good. See, you faded away from your mic again. Huh. Not bad. This thing's like crooked, too. You're crooked. Crooked-ass face, bitch. So, uh, what's the other one you got there? 
Oh, this is the um, Algar Bubbly Beer. Bubbly Beer? Bubbly Beer. Bubbly Beer. The fist beer. It's an uh, Marzen style. As the guy corrected me at the store, I said, is that a Oktoberfest? He goes, well, no, because it's not brewed in, uh, in uh, Munich. Munich. So he goes, technically, it's a Marzen style. Marzen style. And then he was talking about, uh, he's actually a pretty cool dude. He's talking about how he wants to go to Oktoberfest. I'd love to. And uh, he's like, could you imagine all them hot German girls serving you beers and all the food? And he's like, it's a total drunk fest. But he's like, you know, I really wanted to go to, <clears throat> I forget what brewery it was. But uh, it's like an old castle that they've been brewing beer in for the last thousand years. You meant a thousand years? Yeah, I, I don't think I could brew beer that long. Well, <clears throat> probably tastes like that Commander Kitsu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nothing tastes that bad. Just the, like, I can't even, like our country's not even that old. Our country's only like, not even 300 years old. I just think this place has been brewing beer for, it's the 500s. They might have served Jesus, for Christ's sakes. Probably not. Maybe. I don't think Jesus was 500 years old. No, but uh, he might have liked an Oktoberfest. I'm sure he would have. Or did he just drink wine? He, water. He was just a water guy. He turned water into wine. Um, so, what are we doing next week? Uh, I don't know. Something I looked up on uh, on YouTube. <clears throat> And I never heard of it before, and it was uh, the Horrorcore Killer, which I, I'm kind of confused on this because I thought it was more than one person, but I don't think it was, was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I, I'm not retarded. No. Well, <laughs> not for that. <laughs> so it's, I, I, when you said it, I thought you said Hardcore Killer. I'm like, uh, okay. But no. it, it's no. horrorcore, and I guess horrorcore was a style of rap music. Yes. Um, now I listened to rap back then, and I don't. Really I've never heard of it. particularly. I I, li- I I looked I looked up the music on on YouTube just to see what it was, and it just sounded like rap music to me. But there, there um, well, it's a horror themed, dark lyrical content. An imagery style music. Yeah, so this would have been, correct me if I'm wrong, back in the day where they tried to blame music. Now, we've been doing this for a while, but where they try and blame the style of music for you know kids going crazy and, and killing people. I, I think there was some of that here. Like when they tried to blame Ozzy, Ozzy's music. And yeah, I, I, no, I don't think so. Music doesn't turn you into a killer. <clears throat> Being a psychopath does. Uh, yeah. Now I've listened to a lot of music over the years, but I I never heard of it. Hardcore rap. Um. So when I I did the research, I listened to it. It's not. It's not my style of rap, but whatever. Uh, it's based on hardcore hardcore hip hop 
gangster rap incorporating supernatural, occult, psychological horror themes into the lyrics. The content pushes violent, gruesome, ghoulish, and splatter film imagery. So I, it, it's odd that I wasn't into this because I love the horror genre of right. movies. Um, I just, I don't know. So this entire thing, well, it, it was the horror course. It's just not that good. Horrorcore killings, and they were also known as the Farmville murders. Um, and it, this took place in a time where MySpace was the thing rather than Facebook. Oh my God, I remember MySpace. I still have a MySpace page. Do you? Yes, I do. <laughs> I actually went on, after after this, I went on, I, I logged into it the other day just to see if it was still there. It was. It's still there. That's crazy. Uh, so, uh, MySpace and, and this genre of music, um, it, it was kind of unique because it was in its infancy and the rappers would like, the musicians would directly interact with the fans on MySpace and, uh, like these kids would go to these festivals, hang out and they would hang out with the artists and, and it was not uncommon to know these these artists. In fact, this kid who uh, committed these murders was actually uh, he did some horrorcore rap music, and he had it on his MySpace page. So um, this all took place. In, well, not all of it. It's Virginia and Michigan. Yeah, this is what really threw me off. It's like, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Not that pardon me here. My fucking mouth is. I had a, some cavities filled yesterday. My mouth is sore as shit. I felt <laughs> like I was, uh. Anyways, moving right along. Uh, just bear with me. If I start to like, my eye starts to droop, my lip goes like down. You're not having a stroke. It's just, no, it's just, it's just a leftover Novocaine. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding you, man. My eyeball was numb. Like, I can feel it up in my brain. Just like this whole, I even told the doctor that, uh, and he's like, yeah, uh, I promise you, it'll go away. So your brain was numb. Yes. Numb, numb. Numb, numb. <laughs> so you were saying uh, yeah this is what confused me was like it's just the the, the the what am I trying to say here but where everything took place it seems like well that's fucking weird like uh, it's just all over the map that's all I'm trying to say what? There is, there's a huge huge red flag when it came when I did the research for this I came across like some stuff and I called Lexi and I'm like Lex would, would this have ever happened here? And she goes, oh, fuck no. <laughs> so, I, 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 when you, as a parent, you think, oh my God, like, you know, I, the first thing you think of is your kids, and like, I, I hope no, nothing ever like this happened. And, you know, <laughs> you, you'd like to say that that shit won't fly. I mean, obviously, I doubt it would here. But you just wonder, like, how it happens, you know? I, 
this whole thing happened, I think, and and I don't know. There's just some red flag. We'll get into it. So there's uh, three main people involved in most of this, and uh, and then some other people got caught up in the, the murders just by kind of wrong place, wrong time. Uh, so Richard Alden Samuel McCroskey the third. Doesn't this play into our serial killers with the four names? Well, I think they did that on I think they do that on purpose now. Although his uh, MySpace name I think was Psycho Sam. So he used his middle name. Uh, okay. Well, he wasn't in the uh, Air Force. No, 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 <laughs> he was not. So he was born December 26, 1988. So he was born the year I graduated. Wow. I was five years old. I was already in the Navy when, when the dude was born. <clears throat> uh, he was born in Hayward, California, San Francisco Bay Area. He had an older sister, Sarah. They moved to Castro Valley, California, which is just like three or four miles away. Um, in the summer of 2003, his dad asked his mother to leave. They said that the parents were not unhappy per se. Uh, they just were not particularly close. Huh. And sister would later say that their family was not like a leave it to beaver type family. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> no. Psycho Sam didn't uh, really fit in. So Richard uh, McCroskey took his mother leaving like extremely hard. So he dropped out of two different high schools as a teenager. When he was at school, he was particularly miserable. Uh, he was being bullied, which is another reoccurring theme, as an outcast for being overweight and for having red hair. So he was a ginger. Yeah, usually... Uh... <clears throat> I don't think gingers generally get made fun of. Unless you're over. I see the overweight more than anything. Uh, his <clears throat> sister described him as a very passive. He was very passive. Someone who rarely stood up for himself unless he was seriously provoked. Um, and I just think she's just being an overprotective sister because uh, after all this happened, she defended him somewhat. Uh, they say he was shy. Uh, and he turned to the comfort of the internet, especially social networking site, MySpace, to escape from reality. In 2008, he lived in a home uh, and worked part-time as a graphic designer and began dabbling in making horrorcore rap. Uh, <clears throat> so, 2008, he was 20. Did you hear any of his horrorcore rap? I did not. <clears throat> so, it's probably... I'd like to hear what it is. It's probably terrible. I think it's all terrible, to be honest with you. <clears throat> um, he uploaded his music to MySpace under the name Psycho Sam. Uh, oh, you see how he spelled it? Yes. Oh, I, I... S-Y-K-O. Or is it Sicko? Sicko or Psycho? I lean toward more Psycho. Uh... Uh, uh, let's see. He used that because he had an obsession with a notorious serial killer, 
Son of Sam. <clears throat> uh, his MySpace page featured his raps about killing, maiming, and mutilating people. His, okay. On his YouTube channel, McCroskey went under the name Little Demon Dog. And there's another reference to serial killer David Berkowitz. Kids are fucking whack. Yeah, this is uh all right, listen, if you're like you said, if your kid you knew this and you found out your kid's like, Oh, my favorite serial killer. Like who has a favorite serial killer? There was the my favorite serial killer was Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh I don't think his parents were very involved. Doesn't sound like it. Uh so he <clears throat> while he was on MySpace and putting his music up there, they, there was a lot of networking with other fans of the music and artists. Uh, one of the people he networked with was Emma Niederbrock. Niederbrock? Uh, Emma Niederbrock was born October 15th, 1992. Uh, so a little bit younger than him. By a couple years. Uh, her parents were Mark and Deb, Mark Niederbrock, Deborah Kelly. Uh, they lived in Champlain, Illinois, uh, and moved to Illinois from Illinois to, to Farmville, Virginia, <clears throat> which is Farmville's like almost the exact center of Virginia. If you look at it on a map, it's like this little dot in the center of the state. Hmm. Uh, Mark was a Presbyterian pastor in the Hicksburg Church in 2003. Deborah was a professor of psychology and criminal justice at Longwood University in Farmville. Oh, I said sociology. What did I say? Psychology. I meant sociology. I don't know what the difference. I, well, I know what psychology is. I don't know what sociology is. Uh, soci study. <laughs> Social <laughs> studies. Um, it has to do with uh, social stuff. Psychology. Does it? I, th I think it does. Yeah, I'll take your word. No, I don't know. How's that? Uh, what's I, that O'Fallon bit beard? Don't even start again, bro. We went through this last time. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I don't know if I have amnesia or if I'm just retarded. Um, well, that's, I guess, a discussion <coughs> for another day. But at least I didn't have a full on conversation with you over the radio. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Emma was homeschooled since middle school. In 2009, <clears throat> Mark and Deborah divorced. Emma stayed with Deborah in the family home. Her father moved out. Uh, Good. When you do your research, do you do most of it from just uh, <clears throat> like researching websites? Yes. Or do you do you watch any videos? I watched the video on this. Yes. Did you watch the video on this one? Yes. Okay. I wonder if we watched the same one. I'm sure there's probably not a ton of them, but... Yeah, I don't know. It was the first one that popped up. I watched <clears> it. Actually, me and Nathan listened to it together. Okay. Um, Emma spent a lot of time on the internet, mainly on her MySpace. Her username was Ragdoll. She used MySpace to listen to horrorcore rap, meet other fans, and an artist of horrorcore. MySpace is also where Emma and her friends found out about an upcoming music festival. Uh, in 2008, Emma was 15 and Richard was nearly 20. 
and the two connected on MySpace, which is the first red flag for me. Yeah. That's like my daughter trying to fuck now. Not happen. Well, this is the shit that scares me about like TikTok for one. That's what all these kids are all obsessed with now. But I don't think TikTok is like it's not like MySpace and they're like you're trying to get together and do things. They're just posting videos. I still it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> like, uh, well, we'll get to it because it, it's just it's not happening. Uh, so the two began to chat regularly on the phone and online. So pretty much it talked every day for like a year. Uh, it was said that Richard looked and acted much younger than he was. Uh, the fucking fat redhead. So for the first year, they never met in person. Uh, <clears throat> Emma would send him affectionate messages, but it was very hard to tell how she really felt about him. Richard uh, described her as his online girlfriend. So there was another person that that. Uh, now I don't, I don't know where this girl and Emma met. I'll assume on MySpace, <clears throat> but they were supposedly best friends. Was Melanie Wells. Uh, she was 18-year-old daughter of Thomas G. Wells Jr. and Kathleen Wells. Uh, and they lived in Inwood, West Virginia, which is about three hours from... I want to say that I think they met at a horrorcore show through their MySpace set up from MySpace, and I think that's how these two girls... That could very well be. I I probably saw it, and I just skipped over it, yeah. and, and I just thought of it now when I saw her name. I'm like, well, how did they well, Because I remember the picture. I, I remember the picture of them. They were both at uh, a show, and they were like in the crowd. Like I, There wasn't a lot of people there, but and they might, may have showed them on stage, too, as well, with the band. But that's what I remember. So well, that, that, might, that might have been the festival that they went to together with <clears throat> with this kid, Richard. True, because yeah. those I see those I saw those pictures. Uh, her and her family moved to West Virginia from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, just before Wells entered high school. But uh, yeah, and they, oh, I was saying Inwood is about three hours from Farmville. Uh, yeah. Wells was a dropout. I just want to know how far is it away from uh, Adroit Theory? Adroit Theory. Percival. <laughs> Percival. Um, I don't know. I would think uh, Farmville would be maybe an hour, hour and a half from Percival. Listen, when you judge your whole life of how long is it away, how far away from it is from Adroit Theory and Percival, you might have a problem. <laughs> I don't think it's a problem. <laughs> how far is. Uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, away from Percival, Virginia. <laughs> um, uh, she was a dropout, and she was studying for her high school equivalency test. <clears throat> uh, since she attended high school at Musselman High School, but she dropped out, so she didn't attend high the school. applesauce? Maybe. Hmm. Uh, That's that. That didn't happen yet. Uh, she was also into hardcore rap uh, and MySpace. Her MySpace name was Miss Free Abortion. Go. 
guess her parents are very proud of her. So they found out about this festival coming up, the Hardcore Festival, which was uh, in Southgate, Michigan. And that was to be September 12, 2009, uh, strictly for the Wicked. And I actually have the poster in the folder here. I'm able to pull it up quick so you can see it. But I'll throw it up on the... <clears throat> so that's the poster for the, the festival. Wow. I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty weak poster. Yeah. I always loved the punk rock posters that had like the hand drawn shit. And, yeah. Like just, you know. Stick figures. Stick figures. And <laughs> just shenanigans. Um, so they, they had decided that they were going to go to this festival together. So it's the three of them. Hold on. First, Emma and Melanie decided they were going to this thing. Okay. Because Melanie lived only three and a half yeah, hours. Yeah, right. So she was going to drive because she was 18. See, this fuck, this is what I was telling you. This whole thing is like. Oh, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's like. So she was 18. She was going to drive from her place in West Virginia to Melanie's or to Emma's. Uh, stay there, and then go to this festival. Now, this is where, like, okay, hang on, not yet. This uh, is where... I'm going to stop, stop myself. This shit's never going to happen. Not yet. This, this might happen. Well, for me, honestly, like, I've always been just paranoid. Well, but if I was, like, 18, there's no fucking way that I'm going to link up with somebody that I don't even know from MySpace yeah, and drive I, three and a half hours to go meet this person. I think these girls knew each other somehow <clears throat> like in, in person yeah or maybe it was just uh and i, uh, I think an innocent like okay we, we really get along and we're just gonna you know th- like, i think her parents knew this person too I, i'm not sure and, and it doesn't really spell it out i know they didn't know richard richard so like these two girls leaving virginia to go to michigan for a thing that probably would not have flown here in my house. Well, it. Although they, I, my first do- off, I did send my daughter to Austria to play soccer. Yeah, but they're going with adults for like, like three, three or four weeks. They were chaperoned. Yeah, but she did go to Austria to play soccer for a few weeks. Uh, that's a, that's and a bit of a stretch. Sure, you probably twelve. Nervous the whole time. She was twelve. Yeah, I, I'd be fucking out. I, of I was actually I, when we did it. I, w- I actually I said to Deb, I said, I'm going to buy a ticket just to go over for a day. I was going to say, I'm surprised you didn't go with. I, just to go over for one day. I mean, I, I, come on, Oktoberfest is like, it, it's only like six miles away. I, not <clears throat> not to get a hotel or nothing, just go over, watch her play one game, see her, let her know that someone's there. Yeah. And, and that if she needed something, I'd be back. And then fly home. But the round trip ticket was like 1800 bucks, <clears throat> And it just wasn't a good time to do that. Yeah. Because around that same time, I was actually invited to go to a, a cigar plantation in Nicaragua. And all I had to do was fly down. Everything else was covered. And I couldn't do that because we were sending Lexi to Austria. And that was so expensive. Anyway. So, it's just weird that, like, first off, they live three and a half hours away from each other. And to hook up and then go to Illinois, which is Michigan. Michigan, how far away? That's got to be at least a two-day drive. No, that's one-day drive. It's really? like eight, eight or eight or ten hours. Ten hours. Yeah, but for a twelve-year-old uh, and eighteen-year-old, first 15, of all, she was fifteen. Okay, fifteen and eighteen. This is just odd. This is like 
With that and parents not paying attention to their children. That in itself was odd to me. I would say less odd for the eighteen year old. <clears throat> let, let me backtrack here. I would say less odd for the eighteen year old because she's you know, eighteen. If I was eighteen, yeah, you're eighteen. You know, what do you what are your parents gonna say? No, I'm eighteen, I'm leaving. And then how, how do they know where you're going? I had been many places before I was eighteen. And uh Yeah. So I mean and I seem the Emma is living with her mother, who got recently divorced from her father, I guess, or separated. So her mom's probably like, who knows? Maybe she's a just doesn't care. She's not paying attention. But hold on, it, it gets. It, <laughs> things, I gotta jump ahead. Things change. So, oh, they do. The, 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 these two these two girls had attended festivals before, so this was not the first rodeo. Uh. Emma and Richard talked about the festival and decided it would be a great opportunity for them to meet for the, in person for the first time. So he was going to fly from California, California. to Farmville. Uh, Emma's parents were apprehensive about their 16-year-old meeting up at a festival with a 20-year-old whom she had never met. Oh, now, this okay. is where I will say this never would have happened in my house. I, I don't care. Not happening. Uh, Lexi would have to lie to me to be able to go to this festival. Um, <clears throat> I, I I talked to Lexi about this. We had this conversation. Uh, oh, so you talked to her about this? Yes. That I said to her, "Look, here's the situation. There's a music. Uh, I, oh, I used. Right. You see, you called her. Yeah, yeah I used. Sorry. Actually, she came out to the living room. I called her out to the living room, and I used anime." Because she used to go to okay. an, anime festivals. And I've taken her and her friends to anime festivals. I took them to Philly. I took them to King of Prussia. Both festivals I had a ticket to. I did not enjoy myself. <laughs> but I had a ticket to. You didn't dress up or nothing? No. Uh, so the one, I stayed there all day long. And I, t I told the girls, you go do your thing. Um, I will always be in the background someplace. I will always have eye line of sight on on you at, at wherever you're at. You lost him within ten minutes. Like, God damn it, where'd no, you go? Never lost him. And ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, I would have been a Someone actually said said to me like she, they thought I was their security. I can see it. Yeah. Um, but, well, you know how it is when you go into public or especially you get in that mode. You get into that like you're watching everything. I like, look at everything, dude. Yeah. It's horrible. It's like I don't think it's horrible, but it's so just what we do. That was the first one. The second one. I had a ticket. I went in. I said, look, I, I can't do this again. I, I said, fucking hate anime. I, me, me and my daughter had like a code. Except for that one time I jerked off to it. Okay, it was more than once. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> me and my daughter had a code. If I called her <clears throat> and something wasn't right, she was supposed to use this code with me. And I told her friends the same thing. If I contact you, and you're in, uncomfortable in your situation, or you can't talk properly, <clears throat> just say this, and I, I will do everything in my power to be there and, and make sure nothing happens. Um, just follow the gunshots. I'll go, I'll go all, all taken on them. <laughs> <laughs> I have a specific set of skills. Give me back my daughter. I want my daughter back. So, uh, the second one, 
there was a brew pub not far from the venue. It's only like three hours. No, it was like it was like literally less than a mile away. So I drove over there. I had lunch. I tasted every beer they had on tap, and I went <laughs> a taster, not a not a glass, a taster. <laughs> it was actually the biggest flight I've ever had. Usually, a flight is four beers. They came out with ten beers. Really, I see flights like up there in the ten. But just the one we did out in Colorado, there was how many? Yeah. In that? There was eight. Plus, she gave me the two extras. Oh, baby Blue. Uh, that was. If you're listening, what was her name? Angel Eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Angel Eyes. I just want you to know, you weren't going to you weren't going to Denver that night. You <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> you lied. But I bought you drinks. I got you cheaper. Fuck. She had to be hammered, dude. Remember I bought her like four doubles? Don't know. I don't know. I was hammered when I left there. Not me. I didn't drink anything. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I went over and then I came back. I went in, made sure I found them, yeah. saw them, and then I said, look, I'll be in the parking <clears throat> lot when you're ready to go. You know what? That, that's, that's... But I was there. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, a good uh, parenting. I don't know. It's a good, good thing. Good thing. I would... Uh, I would have probably done the same. But if there had been a 20-year-old involved, the whole thing would not happen. Fuck, no. No. Like, okay, first off, what's your agenda? You're with my 15-year-old daughter? Well, she's 16, but same. Whatever. I mean, 16 used to be the legal uh, legal age. So, uh, her parents were divorced. They weren't real happy about the situation, but they wanted her to be happy. So, they decided that they would drive the three to Southgate, Michigan. Okay. They would hang out in the city for the day while the festival was going on and then uh, bring them home. So on September 6th, hold on, what family here? I'm lost again. Uh, Emma's family. Emma's parents. So even, even though they were split up? Even though they were divorced, they, they said, okay. we'll, we'll drive, we'll, the two of us will drive you up. Mom and Paul coming right. together. So th- that was the, the only parenting decision that they made that I agreed with. Good co-parenting skills. Yeah. So <clears throat> on September 6th, Richard left California for Virginia. Uh, both her and Emma, him and Emma, were very excited. Uh, Emma posted on September 7th, next time you check your MySpace, you'll be at my house. And then added, I love you so much, baby, forever oh, and for always. No. No. Never had met this kid. So Richard arrived somewhere on or around September 7th. I don't know if he got there the 7th, if he got there the 8th, if he got there late night on the 7th and it was into the 8th. Anyway, uh, the same day, Melanie showed up there too. So Richard stayed at Emma's house. And that's Virginia. Yeah. And never going to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I said. It's never happened. You know nothing about you, this can kid. Can you imagine coming downstairs and this fucking kid sitting in your living room? Well, the parents knew he was coming. Uh, yeah, well, like you said. Uh, or, uh, you forgot a few thousand exclamation points at the end there. Or it says in all caps, never happening. Uh, you know nothing about this kid except he's 20 years old. You've never met him before. No, 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 no. no. Not happening. Fucking hardcore. What did he look like? What, well, I know oh, what right. he looked like. So, needless to say, when Red she hair. met him, she was not impressed. <laughs> the fantasy of an online Richard was much better than the reality. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I guess he wasn't putting pictures up there. I, I, he was. There was pictures. Or maybe he did one of them. You duck, know them? Duck face pouty. Duck, over, duck face, like the, the high angle. Well, which she commented that, well, it was commented that he was much shorter than she thought. Uh, you know, apparently that's a big thing with girls. Like short dudes. Like, you're you ever, short. I'm not short. Yeah, you are. No. Yeah. No. How tall do you think I am? You're tiny. Five ten, no, six foot. No, you're not. I am. Get the fuck right out of here. How tall are you? Six two. Almost as tall as you. No. Yo, when I put my high heels on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I put my two inch heels on. We're eye to eye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but not like that's not the first time I heard that. Like girls don't like. Well, uh, there was a girl I dated. She was I was shorter than her. She was too tall. I'm okay with that. But uh, anyways, so uh, he lo- he looked much younger than the 20 years old that he was. His red hair was greasy and combed straight down from the forehead, which was very attractive. Oh, I bet. Uh, he was wearing oversized baggy clothing. Like a Parmesan cheese in his hair? Yeah. He came across as immature like a young teenage boy. Emma did not find him attractive at all. Emma was polite, but showed no signs of wanting to be in a relationship with him as soon as they met. So, now, this festival uh, was on the 12th. This is the 8th. Whoa. I'd say, uh, he's got a time. He's going to stay there for two days before they travel, or three days before they travel up there. And already she's like, she doesn't like him already. So, uh, it was a 10-hour drive to Southgate, Michigan, if you drove nonstop. It's like 639 miles. The festival doors open at 1 p.m. on the 12th. So I I don't know what the travel arrangements were. I don't know if they went up. Uh, I, I think they went up and they stayed overnight, went to the festival, and then drove home the next day. All right, listen. Me, 20 years old, I would never have the guts. Or how would you even say guts? The, uh, I always say the the whatever the mental deficiency this motherfucker had to to go show up at a sixteen year old's house for two days, knowing all oh, I'm going to stay there for two days. You know, I would never do that, even if the opportunity presented it. Not a sixteen year old. I, I, you know, I, I don't think I'll just say guts because I don't know what else to say. I don't think I would do it. I'm like, you know, that just doesn't seem right. But then again, I'm not a fucking serial killer, so. Yeah. There, there is that. There yeah. is that. Um, I, so, he, Richard hoped that once they arrived at the festival, and they would both kind of be in their element on, on how they, they met and everything with the horrorcore music, that things would be different. But the fact is, once they got to the festival, things went downhill much faster. See, and the thing that I thought I watched, they didn't go into this. So this is, I like this part of it. So according to other people at the festival, Emma paid very little attention to him. If that wasn't bad enough, she was flirting with other guys. We obviously know why this guy made the trip. In person. Oh, yeah. Uh, obviously. Right. She was flirting with guys face-to-face, like right in front of him. 
and text flirting with with guys. <laughs> so he noticed this and he did not take it very well. Uh, Emma, Emma's parents drove them home on Saturday the thirteenth. Uh, Where the hell did they spend the night? Maybe they just stayed up on that long. I think they they had a hotel up there. I think the parents got a hotel room. No, I meant the kids. Well, I think they went back to the parents' hotel room. The festival was over. Oh, I, I think that she. I think I remember seeing on a video that festival's over like at midnight. Okay. Wow, all right. Yeah. Makes sense. What's wrong with that camera that's blinking? This podcast is brought to you by Bear Claw Kitchen. Head on over to BearClawKitchen.com and check out their amazing selection of granola bars and granola snack packs. They also have hazel and spice granola butter, maple syrup, pancake mix, and a few different flavors of jam. So, once again, head over to BearClawKitchen.com and use code DELUXE15 at checkout to save 15% off your entire order. And then, it's time to devour and claw on. And we're back. Back in the Saturday again. We did the camera check. I think it's operating properly. Hopefully we have video for this episode. I I don't know. Anyway, hey. While we're talking about it, the your fest beer, yes. Um, compared to the Take on the World Marzan, very similar. I, I think there's like a bitterness at the end of this, which I don't have in mind. No, but the sweetness up front in this is a little yeah. bit more than mine. A little bit. Uh, yours tasted more like a like a bread, like like more. I guess that would be the yeast. I would assume. Yeah. Which <laughs> I think. I felt so fat the next week after I got back to work because I, I like we probably had like I don't know what four glasses of that each. Five. Yeah, but it, the alcohol content that's very low. I know, but I think it was just all the yeast and the, everything. Like I was swole. Like I'm already swole, but man, it was freaking delicious. <laughs> I was, was swolted even more. And on top of that, we we had the fedoras. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I think. This fedoras fucking. I think I I killed like two sticks of butter that night. That Pedora's uh, Italian bread is fucking bomb. Dude. Mm. And you said they cooked their shit in the coal oven? Yes. Oh. Oh. I actually went out there the next weekend and he wasn't open. He didn't get his uh, uh, flour delivery. So okay. he, could e- he could either not operate on Saturday or not operate on Monday. And I guess he has more orders on Mondays, of course, than he did Makes on Saturdays. Sense. So <clears throat> dude, there's nothing like fresh baked bread. It's better than getting head. But he still has to go and burn the oven. He's got to heat the oven. It's got to be, it's got to be fired up every day. Well, I wonder what kind of coal he uses. I know. Regular coal. Coal's a bitch to get going. No, not really. Unless you have, well, it's all about like super hot, super hot flame and, and air. Well, you could start it with charcoal. Coal. And that's how you, that's how I ended up doing it because I couldn't get it started. I tried blowtorch. Uh, uh, oh, no, lighter that, fluid. That's not going to work. You got to build a little fire, yeah. and, put, and then you told me about the yeah, but charcoal, yeah, the charcoal, and that you put the great. match light underneath it. Yep, and I had one of those Stoker things. Uh, okay, yeah, that'll work. That's even better. I didn't put the coal in there. I did the charcoal, right? So I got the charcoal like red hot. Yeah, and then I dumped that, and then put the coal yep. on top of that, and then had an air supply going. Yep, that's and it. even then, it like it it took a, it was a process, but I mean. He's got to be well, the only guy. Even that burner right there, that that thing over there with all the shit stacked on top of it, that's a coal stove. I don't, really? Yeah. 
fine on that. So it, that uses rice coal. Getting that started sometimes could be a bit. But but there's a gel you can squirt on it. I tried that gel and it just I the coal that I had was super wet. Oh no, you can't. I brought it from uh, like Tractor Supply or something like that. But I must store it outside. Um, your Oktoberfest beer. Well, it's not an Oktoberfest. Mars it was in it's a Marzen South. Very similar to this. Um, I could call it Oktoberfest if I fucking want to. It's fucking America, bro. Do, do what you want. Even though it's not a lager. <laughs> but it's got to be brewed in Schuylkill County to be an Oktoberfest. Yeah. Yeah, I think this has... Um, I spelled it A-U-C-H, Oktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit more sugar. I, you know, I don't know. But if you could produce something like that, dude, I would be like 600 pounds right now. To be nonstop. Let me try this other one. <clears throat> you want a glass? If you don't want me to put my mouth on it, I don't care. You don't have AIDS, do you? Not anymore. <laughs> so so this tru- is tru- Truvia Dragon Stout Fire. <clears throat> I think it's more like a Belgian. 10%. You would think it's from Jamaica. It's we- It's weird. But that, well, you get banana? It was almost sweet like syrup. It, it was weird. Yeah. Let's take another sip. I, I do get banana, but it's like, it's like banana syrup. <clears throat> How dark is that? I don't know. Give me a glass. I've never, uh... <laughs> <laughs> They're clean. Yeah, pour like half that thing. No, I don't want to pour half that. Why not? Oh, look at that's nice and dark. What, uh, is that a? It's a stout. I don't know why they call it a fire. I don't. I get no heat. Do you? No. Tastes different out of glass. Yeah. Isn't that weird how, like, just the little subtle things yeah. will make a beer hit different? That, I I couldn't drink a bunch of them, but I would definitely no, drink one. yeah, yeah. I'm going to dump this one here. I think a lot of that, like I said, Mike, you think I'm crazy, but that, I, I that, do think you're crazy. That, that the cap leaves a, a taste on top of the, uh, the bottle. <clears throat> See, that's close to the color of ours. Yeah, it's very close. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Yeah, where were, where were we before we went off on a beer tangent? Sort these beers out here. Uh, okay, it was the 14th. On the 14th, uh, Emma, not Emma, Melanie, on her uh, MySpace, wrote, quote, SFTW was fucking amazing. Back in Virginia now. Back in West Virginia on Wednesday, I miss everyone. Exclamation point. You shit. No. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Did you? I I don't feel like anything. So Are you sure? <laughs> uh, after that post, uh, Melanie's MySpace was completely quiet. There was nothing after that. No, 
I told you, it's weird. I thought you had that one. I don't. I thought I did too. It tastes like syrup, doesn't it? It's strong, but it's not very good. It tastes like syrup. It's not horrible, but I would not drink more than one. No. I don't know if I can drink that one. Really? Are you going to dump a beer? I'm not going to dump it. I I have morals. You're going to leave it there to get stale? (laughs) I'm pretty sure you would drink it. Maybe it was the other one that I had. I didn't realize I grabbed two different ones. Put it in a glass to see if it tastes different to you. Because I think it tasted much different out of a glass. That glass is clean as well. They don't. <laughs> All I got was like rubbing alcohol taste. It's with like a hint of like stuff that doesn't belong with syrup. <laughs> rubbing alcohol. No, oh, it does taste better. I'm telling you, I I don't know what it is, but it, that's fucking odd. More air contact, I don't know. Yeah, now I get more of a syrupy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alright. But it, it's thick. It's. I wouldn't drink more than one. No. But I would drink one. Anywho, uh, so her 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 MySpace went completely quiet then. None of her friends or families heard from her from her. Uh, Melanie's parents became worried when she didn't return home on Wednesday, as she had planned. Her father, on Wednesday, drove the 200 miles. Uh, this is the weird part. He drove 200 miles from Inwood, West Virginia, to Farmville, and knocked on Emma's door. There was no answer. So he sat outside the house and waited for him, thinking that they, they were out someplace and they would be back soon. He sat for seven hours. Nobody showed up. Okay. I just... Listen... I just drove three and a half hours, knocked on the door, no one answered. I sat in front of the house for seven hours. What do you think I do next? Yeah, uh, kick the fucking door down. Well, I'm not leaving town. No, absolutely not. I, I, he I, drove away. Honestly, he, he the went cops home. will be involved at this point. He he left there and drove home. Yeah. Like, oh well. I, and I'm sure that's not what his, his attitude was. He was probably at a loss, like, well, maybe I missed her, whatever, second-guessing, making the drive in the first place. But I would make such a I would thing. not leave that town no. until I heard from my daughter. I would be, like, a holy fucking terror. Like, where the fuck is my daughter? Uh, I don't care. Whose door do I got to kick down around here to find my daughter? I know you would have went in that house. I, I'm not saying I would have. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's no way I'm leaving that town. That house would have been... If if I had gone to the police and they said, well, there's nothing we could do for 48 hours, I said, well, I'm about to enter that house, so uh, you might as well come over and arrest me. I wouldn't even tell them that. Wow, I really don't like that. (laughs) Okay. Oh. That's, um... Fortunate. (laughs) Living there. So, Melanie's mom, Kathleen, or Kathy, this Kathy started calling everyone she could now, think of. Now, they actually have the... The, the 911 audio. The 911 audio. Yeah. Um, 
she called friends. She called uh, family members. Like anybody who might have heard from her, nobody heard from her. Uh, she cried, tried to call Emma's house several times, but nobody answered. After some investigating, she found out the number for uh, Andre's shrimp. All right, so back up here. Okay. So they kept they come home. Yeah, Emma's parents drive them back. All three of these kids, right, back to Emma's mom's house, right, in West Virginia. And Emma's dad goes home. <laughs> they all part ways. Yes. And then, uh, Melanie posts on MySpace that she had a great time and should be home Wednesday. Melanie. Okay. So she never was. So Melanie's dad drives from West Virginia. See, I thought they only lived a three and a half hours away. Yes. Well, you said, they said it was 200 miles. Okay. Is that three and a half hours? Three and a half hours. Okay. I, I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, okay, I mean, that's still a long time. All right, so, and then he eventually, all right, then, then he went home. This is about my little, I have to keep checking because I get confused all the names and the places. Okay. <clears throat> so, her uh, Melanie's mom, Kathleen, found a number for this Andre Shrimp. Shrimp was the owner of Serial Killing Records, and he was one of the organizers of the festival. Uh, that's well, if you remember what I said, this and at this time, with MySpace and, and the infancy of this, this genre, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of interna- interaction between the artists and the fans. So, uh, Kathleen called Shrimp and told her the whole story, and he told her, well, I saw Melanie, Emma, and Richard at the festival. And they were going home with Emma's parents uh, when the event ended. Beyond that, he had no other information for. So, after she called Trim, she called Emma's home again. <clears throat> and this time, someone did answer the phone. It was Richard. So, Kathleen asked where Melanie was, and he really couldn't give a straight answer. He he, he changed his story like two times. That's right, yeah. Um and Kathleen was frustrated, and, and he was, she was pretty sure he was lying. So, the next day, on Thursday the 17th, she called the police in Farmville and explained the situation and requested a welfare check on the home. Um, so, the police went to Emma's home. Richard answered the door. Now, I don't know if they went in the house or if they stayed on the porch or if he came outside. I don't know. And that plays into some of the Issues I have with this case. Now, everybody, you, you, you know, everybody always second guess the cop. Right. And in this case, there are several interactions with Richard and the police over the course of this whole thing. And in hindsight, you can look back and say, well, they should have done something. But uh, always. In, in, re- really, re- in reality, there was really nothing they could do because nothing had been discovered to be wrong yet. Right. So, um, and let's face it, this was <clears throat> what year was this? Uh, ninety oh, I thought it was. Uh, he was born in eighty eight. He was twenty. Uh, two thousand six, two thousand eight. Yeah. Okay. A little different times back then. It, it was. So, 
2009 was the festival. Okay. It was 2009. <coughs> oh, so, a little different times. Um, where am I at here? We were seeing how the cops were second-guessed. Right. Because, well, the cops questioned him, and, and he said, well, where are these girls at? Nothing really ever happened. Well, they went to the movies. They're not here right now. They went to the movies. And they said, okay. Well, they didn't know who this kid, like, they didn't know the full story with this kid. Right. They, they, they thought he was actually living there. They're just there to make sure. They're just doing a welfare check. Where is everybody? Is, is everybody good? Okay. Um, so, uh, here we go. So the police took his word for it. Melanie was 18, and, and that's all they were concerned with at the time. They were concerned with Melanie. That's what the call was about. She was the only one listed as missing. Right. And they had no idea if Richard actually lived there or if he was just staying there or what the deal was. But they took his word for it. They walked away. This girl's 18. She's an adult, and it's not really been that long. Oh, well. Uh, <clears throat> and that's what I'm saying about second-guessing her place. So after the welfare check, Kathleen called Emma's dad, Mark, explained the situation, and that Melody was supposed to have been home the day before. She had not heard a word from her. So now she really, she's only missing from home for 24 hours now. So the, the police really can't do a missing persons, and they're just appeasing her by going and doing that welfare check. So Mark said, look, I, I'll drive over there. It's only 20 minutes. I, I'll drive over. I'll check and see what's going on. So don't worry. As soon as I know something, uh, I will let you know. I'll give you a call. That was 5 p.m. Uh, Kathleen never got a call from Mark. Never heard from him after that phone. So at, at some point, now see, this is weird. And I only I only heard this one place, and it was on the video that I watched. Yeah. Supposedly, he called 911, Richard. Yes. I heard the same thing, too. And he said, I, I hear noises in the basement, and, and we have a dog, but... I don't know if it's a dog, and, and uh, my girlfriend's mom is, is worried, so they left the house. They left me here. What he said. Man, can so, you come and check the, the basement for me? What he actually said, to make it even more strange, he said, we have two dogs. Yeah. Yes, that's right. The one dog I just put upstairs, and I don't know where the other dog is. I think it might be downstairs, but I'm too scared to go and check. Like, bitch, go down there. I'm fucking, like, uh, you little fucking bitch. I, I, so, anyways. Yeah, why is he calling... This is this is weird, and I didn't find this any place else but on that video I watched. Yeah, and there's the there's the audio of it. Is there audio of the call? Yeah. Okay. See, like I, I went on like like Murderpedia, I went on uh, some other serial killer site. Uh, of course, I always check Wikipedia, even though Wikipedia is always wrong. I have found so many deficiencies. Yeah. With Wikipedia, uh, it, it's ridiculous. Anyway. The only place I heard this was on that video. Uh, so um, they came. They went into the basement. <clears throat> now, I don't know how they waited through the living room. I, 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 it's weird. I, I don't know. So I don't know when this was in reference to Mark coming back and checking. Emma's dad. Right. But I had this information in there. Uh, so they they went into the basement. They found nothing. How? And if 
uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he called multiple times. He called like two, I think, times. Called the cops on two separate occasions. That I don't know. Like I said, (laughs) this was the only reference to any call to the police. But it's just very weird. He choked it down. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He always had a reason why the, the, the ladies weren't there when he was questioned. Um, I think I skipped. No, I didn't. I'm just going on timeline. I, I, I'm going to touch the murders later because at this point they have not been discovered yet. So at 0400, a homeowner who lived on Four House Road in Farmville called the police to report a car had gotten stuck in a ditch at the end of their driveway. Richard had taken Emma's car and ended up stuck in that ditch. So uh, a deputy came out, ticketed him for driving without a license, called the tow truck, <laughs> right, and convinced the tow truck driver to give his kid a lift to wherever he was going. So, uh, when he was asked whose car it was, she said it was his girl- her girlfriend's father, his girlfriend's father. Uh, <clears throat> so he gets a, a ride with the tow truck driver. While the officer was talking to Richard. It came up in the conversation he had plans to fly home to California the following day on Saturday the 19th. Uh, the tow truck driver, Elton Napier, Napper, uh, would say later, Richard smelled so bad he had to roll his window head down and stick his head out the window, and even then he still felt like vomiting. Cool. He quoted, he was quoted saying he stunk like the devil. Uh, Napier dropped Richard off at a gas station. It would be another 12 hours till the bodies were discovered. Now, here, here's the thing. This cop pulls him over. This cop comes and gives him a citation. So he had to be this close because you got to sign the citation. Yeah. The cop. And cool. the cop didn't smell. Stink. Or maybe the cop was just, eh, stinky motherfucker, I can't say nothing, I don't want to be rude. I don't know. Um, so maybe he was a god damn, that kid stinks like a mother. What the fuck, son? So I don't want to think about taking a shower. Yeah, son. Uh, <clears throat> drunk, stupid, and smelly is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on the morning of September 18th, Kathleen called the police again. She had not gathered any useful information over her, the, the last few days of trying to get a hold of her daughter. Uh, Mark never called her back. She hadn't heard a peep from Melanie. She convinced the police to return to Emma's house. The police, the police returned at two or three twenty Friday, September eighteenth. They found the door unlocked. Richard was nowhere to be found. Of course, now we know he was stuck in a ditch and dropped off at a gas station at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, they were hit with a thick, pungent, unmistakable stench of death, giving them probable cause to enter the home. As soon as they the door was unlocked, they pushed the door open, yelled in. Smelled that foul odor. That gave him probable cause to search the house. Uh, so they went in the house. Uh, see, my problem is is they didn't smell it when they went to check the basement. Or maybe it was right after the murders. I don't know. Yeah. They didn't see any signs of anything. <clears throat> and once I go through the, the actual killings, like, it's kind of weird. How you go... Like, usually, when, like, you come through come in my house, you got to go through the living room and go to the basement. Sometimes, to go to the basement, you go through a kitchen to go in the basement. 
Right. Yeah. <clears throat> or a living room and a kitchen. Right. And they didn't see or smell anything. Like I, I, I just I don't understand when those calls were made. So I'm not passing any judgment. Um. Yeah, because they were there the day before on the welfare check. Now he could have been outside. Uh, maybe they entered the, the basement. The, the basement through the outside. You gotta also think too. So, having, I'm pretty sure that this is maybe the fourth, the fifth call to this house. At some point, what supervisor says, "What the fuck is going on here?" Like, check that whole entire fucking house. I don't know, but you just can't do that. You gotta have, and they had probable cause when they when they had when they found the smell. They had probable cause to enter the house. Well, I guess, yeah, well, you're right. When you do a welfare check, if somebody so, answers the door, you can't here's barge the, your way Here's in. the thing, and, and <clears throat> I'm going to hit this one thing, and I'm going to get to something that <clears throat> connects to that. Uh, the neighbor told CNN that they were walking by, and there was a foul smell about the home, like, in the area. They thought it was a dead end. That's right, yeah. God damn. Now, listen, I don't, I don't know. I've never smelled a dead body that I know of. I've been around dead bodies, but, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 everybody you ever talk to says it's the unmistakable smell, just like when you smell a dead mouse, something she caught under a vending machine or behind a fridge. Like, you know, so that's nothing compared to a dead, dead body. No. And, uh, but to smell that outside of the house yeah. makes me believe, like, yeah, like, why didn't the cops smell it? Maybe, maybe there's that fine line of when they start rotting and, and, I just bit my tongue, stinking up the place. So they made entry to the home, and they found three dead bodies in what looked like Emma's bedroom downstairs. So they discovered the bodies, and they immediately got a search warrant for the house. So I just think it's weird, because if you found dead bodies, this is a crime scene. There's no warrant needed. Right, yeah. But they got a search warrant. And, and maybe they felt uncomfortable because they entered the house just because of the smell. And they're like, you know, we had probable cause to come in, but we better cover our ass with a search warrant. I don't know. I, I, again, so I'm what, not, they found the three bodies I'm not and they left? Guessing. No, they just, they waited. Like, I figure you would, you would. They just, you, they just stopped their search because there was no search warrant. I figure you find three dead bodies, you clear the house yeah. and tape it off. That's what I'm thinking. But I, like, I, look, I don't know. I've ne- I've never. I've never operated a crime scene like that. So, uh, once they had their warrant, they were able to pull, perform a full search of the house and discovered another body in the upstairs bedroom. Uh, after going through the evidence in the home and checking social media accounts of Emma and Melanie, it did not take police long to figure out that it was Richard that had been with the girls at the festival. He had come back to Farmville with them. Now he's nowhere to be found. So. <clears throat> The officer who had gone to the home to carry out the welfare check remembered speaking to Richard. He he was shown photos of, of Richard on social media and confirmed that that was the same person he talked to about Melanie and Emily, Emily's, Emma's whereabouts. Uh, so a manhunt for Richard uh, McCroskey was declared. So now, now they're looking for him. Uh, up until this point, 
Richard got pretty lucky, but I think his luck was about to run out. So we're back. We're back uh, at that gas station. He got a cab from that gas station, or he got a cab from Charlottesville to Richmond International Airport. The cab driver was Curtis Gibson. So he was an hour from the airport. So it was an hour long ride. He talked to uh, he talked to Richard about Emma. He talked about hardcore hard, hardcore music and the Michigan Festival. So <laughs> this. This taxi driver gets pulled over speeding. So an officer is writing a taxi cab driver uh, a ticket. And Richard's on the side of the road smoking a cigarette. This stinky fuck. Unless he's taking a shower by then. No, no, because when they picked him oh, up. That's right. uh, Johnny, jump ahead. Mikey, jump ahead. <clears throat> uh, he, he planned on staying at the, the airport overnight until his... Uh, to California the next day. By this time, the bodies were discovered, and Richard was officially a suspect. The officer who had ticketed him at 0400 recognized him and remembered the conversation about flying to California. So they went to the airport looking for him. Richard McCroskey was apprehended without incident on the morning of September 19th, sleeping in a chair at Richmond International Airport in the baggage claim area. He was initially charged with the murder of Mark Niederbrook, grand larceny of Mark's car, robbery for taking his wallet. Uh, at the airport, as he was being led away by police, Richard said to a reporter, Do you? I don't dislike it, but I'm not going to get it again. <clears throat> I'll drink the ones that are in there, no problem. I like it. As he was, uh, he, he was asked by a reporter, Why'd you do it? And he said, Jesus made, Jesus made me do it. Now, when they got him at the airport, he still had the blood-stained clothes on. Mm. And he still reeked of death. Mm. Like, there's actually video of him getting arrested in the airport. Yes, I saw that. I wonder what he looks like now. I don't know. That greasy Parmesan hair-wearing motherfucker. What? 15 years later? Yeah. <clears throat> So the rest of the bodies were identified on the 21st of September, and he was charged with three additional counts of murder. Uh, now we'll get into the, the manner of death. Police concluded the victims died from blunt force trauma to the head. Police occult expert Ron Reamer, or Don Reamer, uh, was brought in because symbols were found in the music music that teens listen to described the murder scenes as a slaughterhouse. So I guess some of the imagery that was involved with the horror core music made them think <clears> there <throat> might be an occult aspect to it, but I, I don't think there was. Okay. Uh, McCroskey, uh, McCroskey did, uh, initially didn't cooperate with the police after his arrest. Um, the police took McCroskey's computer, house phone, and more than a dozen paper bags of evidence from his home. Uh, Richard was charged with six counts capital murder per Virginia criminal law. I don't know how six counts. There was four murders. Huh. But he was charged with six counts. But then later in this, he was, he pled guilty. I don't know. So this is 
some of the stuff that the Prince Edward County Commonwealth attorney, James Ennis, uh, he was, he said some of this stuff that that's coming up. Uh, McCrossy's fading relationship with Emma is the most, most likely what led to the murder. Uh, he said McCrossy was asked why he was, why he killed the additional three instead of only his girlfriend. And he replied, wrong place, wrong time. Wow. Uh, Ennis described McCrossy as a closed off individual. He said there was no history of violence or bad acts in his life. Uh, nearly a year after the crimes, Ennis said McCrossy did not speak to authorities until two weeks, two weeks ago. So a year after, minus two weeks, that's when he, he finally talked to the cop. <clears throat> he said that the plea agreement came within the last eight weeks, which was almost eight weeks of the anniversary of the crime. Wow. On September 20th, uh, <clears throat> 2010, Akrosky pled guilty to all four murders, and although facing the death penalty, he was sentenced to life in prison because he pled guilty. So he Whoa. I thought he just did three. Four. He killed the dad, too. Uh, 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 wow. When the dad, Mark, came, oh, no, I know that. came over to check on him, he whacked him. He whacked him. He whacked Emma, Melanie, and Emma's mom. Oh my God! I didn't even know there was a mom. Wow. Uh, uh, okay, makes sense. Uh, he was sentenced to life. Commonwealth attorney Ennis says the victim's family supported the decision to reach a plea agreement instead of going to trial and seeking the death penalty. He's going to be in jail the rest of his life. See how much our podcast blows my mind? <laughs> I surprised myself. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, no, honestly, I, thought, I I literally, after watching the thing and reading on it, I thought there was three murders. No, four. Well, I didn't realize he did the mom, too. Yeah, the, the mom was done the same time as the girls. <clears throat> well, I have that written down here, then. Well, they, yeah, they said that dad like, came home. He whacked him out in, the, out in the yard. No, he whacked him as he walked into the, the, the house. He hit him with a, a ball, like a, a splitting ball. Yeah, yeah. Oof. Uh, it, what it really means is death in prison. Not He's going to be in prison for the rest of life. What it really means is death in prison. Yeah. He described the timeline of the homicides. And this is uh, the, uh, the state attorney. Is This is his rundown. Richard's motive, Richard's motive for the murders was his rage towards Emma for rejecting him at the music festival. Mark, Deborah, and Melanie were really just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Richard had been drinking and smoking marijuana, his blood boiling as he became increasingly furious. Melanie was the first kill, kill as she slept on the couch in the den. He then killed Deborah and the, the mom in the upstairs room, and finally Emma in her downstairs bedroom. The three women were murdered in the early hours of September 15th with a ball-peen hammer. None of them awoke during their attacks, indicated by the absence of defensive wounds. From around 3 a.m. Tuesday, the 15th, to 5 p.m. on Thursday, the 17th, when Mark arrived, Richard just sat in the house with the three dead bodies. Just that, absorbing that stench. That's not exactly true, because they say that he tried to he tried to do some cleanup, <clears throat> and he moved the bodies. 
the police came uh, by the home during this time to carry out the welfare check at Kathleen Wells' request. Hey, hey you guys mind helping me move this body? Yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> uh, when Mark Niederbrook uh, went to the home on the <clears throat> 17th after receiving a call from Kathleen regarding Melanie's whereabouts, he was ambushed in the room downstairs. Mark was ultimately beaten to death with an eight-pound wood-splitting maul. Uh, Richard said he used the maul to kill Mark because he believed that the weight of it would, meant he would not suffer. Yeah. How nice of him. Yeah. A nice guy. Now, the maul is... It looks like a sledgehammer with, with a pointy end. With, with, a, with a blade end. It's a sledgehammer on one side, a blade end right. on the other side. I have one up in the garage. Can I see it? Sure, I saw it too up close. <laughs> it will not hurt at all. Uh, McCroskey told authorities, 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 McCroskey told authorities, authorities, he did not move the bodies until after the first welfare check on the home, <clears throat> of which there were three. Okay, you're right. Three welfare checks. Yes. Multiple phone calls to the police. Uh, I mean, you know, some things are just a perfect storm, I guess. He dragged Mark's body into, uh, and Melanie's body into Emma's room. For some reason, he tried to clean up the den. I'm not sure why he bothered doing this. He also recorded a video of himself in which he spoke to the camera talking about how he knew he'd have to pay for the consequence for what he'd done and that he contemplated suicide. Uh, at 3.45 a.m. on Saturday, Richard fled the scene in Mark's uh, 2000 Honda, Honda uh, after stealing cash from Mark's wallet. Shortly after is when he got stuck in the ditch on Four House Road. Now, <clears throat> from my understanding, it he told <clears throat> or convinced the cop that it was a rental car. Uh, now this because this says he told the cop that it was his girlfriend's father's car. Oh, okay. So these are the, the uh, places that I went for my info. Uh, it's talkmurderwithme.com blog. How do you find this shit? I just search like uh, a theme. Oh, I'm glad I can uh, give you the topics to search. <clears throat> There's no way I'd go through all this shit. The Rotunda Online, which is I think is a newspaper or an online newspaper, and that's that. There was an article about him sent, being sentenced to life, and uh, like here I pulled up a couple of pictures of him. He looks like a greasy fuck. Yeah, he does. Just he looks like a little chubby fucking idiot. So that is the horrorcore killer, or horrorcore killing, for the Farmville murders. And I'll toss this picture up, and I, there's pictures of uh, <clears throat> Melanie and Emma, too, out there. I'll toss them up. Uh, I'd like to get a picture of him now while he's in jail, like 15 years after the fact. Well, maybe there's no pictures. Like, yeah, I really can't find anything. 
he's not on death row, but he's. So I guess he's what in Virginia. Yeah. <clears throat> but the whole thing uh, was like the whole thing could have been prevented by the parents <clears throat> saying, "You ain't going no place with a twenty-year-old kid." Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just goes to show you what can happen. You know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Well, I know, like, people, a lot of people, uh, <clears throat> even my, my kids make fun of me because I'm slightly paranoid. I won't sit in a restaurant with my back to a door. You know, I, I just, it's just how I am. But well, there's a reason for that. It doesn't hurt to be aware of your surroundings. And, and I like to be, and it comes from working in a jail. I like to be able to see the whole room. Yeah. I see everybody in it. And I even strategically place myself because <clears throat> people usually scan a room from left to right. Right. So I don't like being in a restaurant, the first table on the left. So when I go to the diner, I go to Leesport Diner for breakfast on Tuesdays. And when my normal waitress star is on that side of the, the building, she'll say, oh, you could sit in, at this table. I don't like being on the left side. You know, When you walk in, you're on the left? Yeah. I don't like that side. But it's the first place people look. Because they scan the room left to right. I'm always last, so my back's right to the door. <laughs> on the left-hand side. It's like the yeah. worst of the worst. Oh, yeah. And I always, I always tell her I call it the murder table. <laughs> and she goes, why do you call it the murder table? I explain uh, it to her. It's right next to the cash, cash register. And then... Then when she sits me on the other side, she sits me at the first table with two windows. I call that the sniper table. <laughs> she, she just laughs at me, but I'm serious. Like if there was a sniper shooting in, you have the, the well, best view of that table from any place, any place around the restaurant. I have less of a paranoia of getting shot by a sniper in a diner. Dude, I just, <laughs> and I, I, getting I, robbed at a diner. I think everything through. <clears throat> So, anyway, uh, that was a lot of information for four killings, but yeah. this was what a uh, twist perfect storm yeah. of just this greasy, red-haired fuck plotting to just, I don't know, just miserable. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure this guy probably thought about killing before that. I, I, I There's nothing to indicate that he did. Uh, this crime of passion. Um, uh... Maybe his passion. <clears throat> yeah. There was no other passion. No, no. It was a crime. Obviously, his passion. He he felt slighted. Yeah. And he got... Weird. I mean, come on, kid. Bro, if, you've, if you're going to lose your shit over one girl rejecting you... Yeah. I mean, I, you and know you were, how many times I've been rejected? You were only 20. I, yeah, you were only 20. Try getting beat up when you're like fucking 38, <laughs> motherfucker. <clears throat> I didn't even think of that. Try getting your ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, <laughs> listen, I've, I've, I've run the gambit of rejection, and I've never thought about killing somebody. And it's just, uh, I, the only, the only time you get those like thoughts of like, not necessarily killing people, but like beating the ever, like you know, is bullies. I cannot I stand bullies. bullies, and <clears throat> you know it, it's just 
Just there's no reason. There's no reason for it. And, nope. You know, I hate to say that I like I can see why this shit happens, but you know, you you can like I don't know. That's all. I'm saying. So uh, we took on the hardcore killer in the Farmville murders. Yeah, why do they call it the killers? I put an S on there. That's, oh, you uh, like I don't copy and paste this shit. I write this. <clears throat> I could tell the last time we were up here, like, <laughs> everything was spelled wrong. Because, because I, was, I did it like an hour before you got here. I'm like, just type as fast as I could. Yeah, see, I, I, I can't, I can't, I'm not a fast typer. I'm a one finger typer. I got to write everything. And then half the time I don't, under, I can't read my own handwriting. That's why I got to type it, because I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> uh, so we took on the hardcore killer in the Farmville murders. Now you, go take on the world. Our podcasts exist because of listeners like you. To find other great shows, head over to the den.show. Thanks for listening. Hold on, stop. Welcome back to the shit show 2.0. Okay, boomer. Damn millennials. Wow. <laughs> Did not know that. Even flirters who who are obviously mentally ill. You want to be my wife? Oh, this is gonna go downhill real quick. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>